So if you owned a storefront, a shop, I guarantee you that you would know how many people came into your shop if it was crowded, if there was a line out the front, if you had a really busy day in your store, and how long people stayed for. But for some reason, when it comes to a website, which is essentially your online store, nobody really pays that much attention to how long they stay on your website and what people do on your website. So this episode is all about how long people stay on your online store, whether or not you're actually selling goods or services or not. So my friends, if you would like to learn how you can keep people on your website for longer and why that's important, check this episode out. If you're looking to grow a wildly profitable travel business that brings you joy, you'll need a consistent stream of new clients because living client to client is like living paycheck to paycheck. I'm your host, Sandra McLemore, wife, mother, travel TV host, and very successful business owner. But my story didn't start out that way. You see, I had just quit my job in corporate America with no backup plan and no new job. I thought that an entrepreneur was a rich person with a new idea, and I certainly wasn't rich. Little did I know, I was about to take $40 out of my pocket, plant it with some coffee and confidence, and grow it into a seven-figure business. In this podcast, I'll share with you every single problem and solution that has crossed my desk. You'll learn tactics and strategies that you can implement into your business today. I'm about to help you start and scale the travel business of your dreams. Welcome to the Travel Marketing and Media Podcast. So the longer someone is on your site, the more they get to know your business and you. And if you've done a good job of showing someone how you can solve their problem, your website visitors will want to know more. So how do you measure if you're actually doing a good job and where you can improve? Well, the answer is really simple. Google Analytics. And you're thinking, oh no, that's another tech thing, another account, another program, and on a very basic level, it's another login and another password to remember. But I promise you, it really is worth it. It's free. Let me just start there. It's not going to cost you anything. So that's one good reason to sign up. You can save your password somewhere safe, like LastPass. You don't have to remember it. But let's talk about this. You set up a free account, and I'll do a different episode and talk to you more about it. And Google Analytics will tell you exactly what your visitors are doing. It's kind of Big Brother-ish. If you've not watched Big Brother before, it's a house where a bunch of people live together. There are cameras all over the house, like on shelves, on the walls, on the ceilings. And these people basically forget, for the most part, that there are cameras there. And they live in this house and they and yell and get along and love and go crazy together and vote each other off one at a time. And the world loves to watch them. Really, it's a social experiment about human behavior that the world loves to watch. And what's so funny about it is that it's that saying of like, big brother's always watching because the cameras are always watching. Who knew that you could do the same with your website? It'd be the equivalent of putting up cameras on every single page of your website and knowing what people were doing, moving around your website. You know that expression like, if I could be a fly on the wall, 
you kind of can be a camera on the wall and a fly on the wall of your website of every single page. Because creating this free account on Google Analytics and then connecting it to your website, and it doesn't matter if your website was built on WordPress or Squarespace or Show It or Wix or Weebly or whatever, connecting your Google Analytics account to your website will tell you exactly what your visitors are doing, what they're looking at, how long they're on each page, how they found your website, where they came from. You know, did they come from Facebook? Did they click from a podcast? Did they come in from a particular traffic source? Are they new to your website? Are they coming in for the very first time? Are they returning? Are they coming in visiting on a cell phone, on a mobile device or on a tablet? Or are they coming in looking on a desktop computer? What kind of device? Is it Android or is it Apple? And you're thinking to yourself, I really don't need to know this level of detail. But hey, that level of detail does come in handy for certain things. But let's just think about your homepage. Imagine knowing that people all stayed on your homepage for the most part for two minutes. And you think to yourself, well, where are they getting to on my homepage that they're all leaving? There might be a particular spot on your homepage where you lose their attention. Wouldn't you want to know that so you could improve that? Perhaps people land on your podcast page from your podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Google Podcasts and they come across, they click on your on the link, it lands directly on your podcast page on your website, not on your homepage, but then they never visit any other page. What would that tell you? Well, to me, that would tell me that it's because you don't ask them to. Maybe you don't have any calls to action or any buttons or you don't have any links to anything on your podcast page for them to explore other parts of your website. Maybe you just have your podcast episodes there. Perhaps they came in to visit your services page because the link came from the Calendly account um, appointment that they made, but then they never clicked on another link. That will tell you the same thing. Maybe everybody looks at the homepage, but then they never click anywhere else. Maybe that means that either your content's not resonating with them, or maybe it means that you don't have clear calls to action. You're not telling them what to do. I love to always use in my teachings the example of Ikea. Can you imagine one day that somebody sat in a boardroom and said, we're going to make furniture. We're not even going to bother putting it together. We're going to give people the bits and pieces and the screws and the nails and this Allen what is it? An Allen key, crappy little Allen key. We're going to give them instructions, kind of. We're going to put it in a box. And not only are we not going to put the box where the display is, we're going to make them go and find the box on a shelf somewhere. And we're going to make them take it home and build it themselves. And then marketing said, oh, and we will set up these beautiful display rooms, making people think that it's just so easy to put it all together. It'll make them want to buy multiple pieces and we will make them walk through every single display room one at a time. And the store manager said, no, you can't do that. People won't want to. And they said, but we will. We'll put arrows on the floor showing them where to go. It'll be a call to action. Walk from this room to the next room. And we won't put exit doors except for the ones that the fire marshal make us give. And we'll make those kind of like not look like any other way that you could get out. Another department said, hey, we can even put lunch in there so they could stay all day. And someone said, yeah, they're not going to want to do that with kids. 
well, we can put a kid's pl-. Listen, the people at Ikea found a way to keep people in the store. You need to be the Ikea of your website. I know you think I'm a little crazy right now. I'm the only person on the planet, I'm sure, that teaches marketing in Ikea speak. This is my own kind of, my own syllabus that I came up with years ago. I think it makes sense though, right? You want to set up, set up your website and create your marketing assets so that you are your own Ikea, so that you encourage people to stay on your website for as long as possible. The longer they stay on your website, the more in they are. They say, they, the experts, the sales gurus say that people need to, it's a process for them to get to say yes to buy from you. They won't always say yes right away. That you know, It's a process. They might even say no seven times or they might hesitate multiple times. Well, if that's the case, the longer someone stays on your site, the closer they are to clicking on that appointment button, to picking up the phone, to paying that planning. So my friends, I We'll be back in a second, just after the break. And I have seven tips for keeping your website visitors on your site longer. We'll check these out. I know you're loving this podcast episode, and I'd really like to help you a little more to grow your travel business. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools for a list of my favorite productivity and creativity tools. I've listed out my favorite websites, apps, quizzes, cheat sheets, and resources. I have used every single one of them, and I know they're going to help you as you move closer to your goals. So whether you need to hire an extra set of hands or grab a checklist to keep you moving, I've got you covered. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools. Let's get back to the podcast episode. So here are my seven tips for keeping people on your site longer. Number one, move your social media links to the footer of your website, right down the bottom. And you're thinking, why? I want people to visit my social media. No, you don't. You spend so much time trying to get people from your social media to your website. The last thing that you want to do is send them back. Move your social media links all the way down to the footer of your website. Number two, Do not direct your visitors to other sites unless it's a strategic part of your SEO plan. If you don't have a strategic part of an SEO plan, if you don't even have an SEO plan, then don't do it at all. But do not direct people off of your website. That would be like Ikea having a store next door and then building a little bridge, a walkway, and letting people out a side door to go into the furniture store next door. It makes no sense. And what is no sense in one word? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. When I see travel advisors putting links directly to suppliers to book directly on those websites or directly to other travel bloggers or influencers or shops or even just suitcase stores, I think, why are you doing that? All you're doing is sending traffic away from your website. So don't do that. Number three, Definitely don't send them anywhere where they can solve their problem, buy or book travel themselves. So, oh, sorry, I just gave you that one. So the first one was no social media links. So I got really upset about the links and I said it twice. So the first one was move your social media links to the bottom. The second one was don't direct people to other sites. And the third one was kind of reiterating that saying, don't send them anywhere they can book, buy or solve their problem anywhere else. 
Number four, space out your content. White spacing, which is literally space between sentences, makes it easier for people to read. So when I went to school, we were told that a small number of sentences make a paragraph. Forget that when it comes to your website. What you want to do is to have almost no paragraphs and to have a lot of sentences that look like their own paragraphs. At the most, we only put maybe three sentences together. Two is ideal, one great. The more space that you have, the easier it is for somebody to be able to read. I can tell you that if you took an entire page of content and removed all of the spacing, the majority of people would not read it. But if you spaced it all the way out, it doesn't matter how long it is, people are more likely to read it. When you can see the space between the the lines, it's easier. That's number four. Number five, make sense. Come on now, make sense. Read your content out loud, not in your head, because we all read things in our head. When you know you write something and you go back and you read it back and you're like, no, read it out loud. Read it from top to bottom out loud with your voice. Project your voice and read it out loud. Because when you read it out loud, you will hear if it makes sense. Number six, have links at the bottom of every single page. So when you have links at the bottom of every single page, just like the Ikea example that I gave you of the arrows in the store, you are directing your audience to another page or area on your website. So for example, at the bottom of your about page, you should have a link to your calendar so that they can make an appointment. But you should also have a link to perhaps an article on your website they can read or a podcast episode or maybe a write-up of a destination or um, a photo gallery or something else they can do. What you don't want to have is too many links because then people don't know where to click, but you don't want to have no links because if there are no links, people will close the website and consider themselves done. And finally, my final tip, number seven, have them join your email list so that they stay part of your community. The biggest, most important job that you have when someone visits your website is to convert them from being a website visitor to an email subscriber, a website visitor to an email subscriber. Your website really only has two goals. And if it's not doing either of these two things, your website is actually failing you. Your website should either convert people from visitors into email subscribers or it should convert people from visitors into actual booking appointments, meetings, or phone calls. If it's doing neither of those two things, your website is failing you. So my friends, I hope that that helps you to maybe have a better idea of some things that you can do. There are seven practical things that you can do. None of those things cost money. You can implement those uh, onto your website today or this week. Go ahead and schedule some time in your calendar now. You might want to listen back and take some notes. Schedule some time into your calendar to actually implement all seven of those things. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I don't actually have control over my website. I can't make those changes. Well, that's a problem. And as a business owner, that means that you do not have your hands on the wheel of your business. 
and you need to. Because herein lies a classic example of why every business owner must have a website that they can control. You have an opportunity to make improvements and you can't make improvements if you don't have control. If that's you, head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website in a weekend. Check that out. It's for you. That's all for me now. I will see you in the next podcast episode. Bye for now. If this podcast episode resonated with you and you'd like to hear more, head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash podcast to get notified about new episodes and also listen to any that you may have missed. And if you'd like to ask a question about this episode, you can send it there for me to answer on a live Q&A. We'll see you in the next episode.